This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, and to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by J. A. Carter on January 20, 2007. Paradise Lost by John Milton. Book One. Part Two. They heard, and were abashed, and up they sprung, upon the wing, as when men want to watch on duty, sleeping found by whom they dread, rouse and bestir themselves ere well awake. Nor did they not perceive the evil plight in which they were, or the fierce pains not feel. Yet to their general's voice they soon obeyed innumerable, as when the potent rod of Amram's son in Egypt's evil day waved round the coast up called a pitchy cloud of locusts warping on the eastern wind that o'er the realm of impious pharaoh hung like night and darkened all the land of nile so numberless were those bad angels seen hovering on wing under the cope of hell twixt upper nether and surrounding fires till as a signal given the uplifted spear of their great sultan waving to direct their course in even balance down they light on the firm brimstone, and fill all the plain. A multitude, like which the populous north poured never from her frozen loins, to pass Rhine or the Danau, when her barbarous sons came like a deluge on the south, and spread beneath Gibraltar to the Libyan sands. Forthwith, from every squadron and each band, the heads and leaders thither hast, where stood their great commander, godlike shapes and forms, excelling human princely dignities and powers that erst in heaven sat on thrones though of their names in heavenly records now be no memorial blotted out and raced by their rebellion from the books of life nor had they yet among the sons of eve got them new names till wandering o'er the earth through god's high sufferance for the trial of man by falsities and lies the greatest part of mankind they corrupted to forsake God their Creator, and the invisible glory of Him that made them to transform off to the image of a brute, adorned with gay religions full of pomp and gold, and devils to adore for deities. Then were they known to men by various names, and various idols through the heathen world. Say, muse, their names then known, who first who last roused from the slumber on that fiery couch at their great emperor's call as next in worth came singly when he stood on the bare strand while the promiscuous crowd stood yet aloof the chief were those who from the pit of hell roaming to seek their prey on earth durst fix their seats long after next the seat of god their altars by his altar gods adored among the nations round and durst abide jehovah thundering out of sion throne between the cherubim yea often placed within his sanctuary itself their shrines abominations and with cursed things his holy rites and solemn feasts profaned and with their darkness durst affront his light first molech horrid king besmeared with blood of human sacrifice and parents tears though for the noise of drums and timbrels loud their children's cries unheard that passed through fire to his grim idol him the ammonite worshipped in rabbah 
and her watery plain in argob and in basan to the stream of utmost arnon nor content with such audacious neighborhood the wisest heart of solomon he led by fraud to build his temple right against the temple of god on that opprobrious hill and made his grove the pleasant valley of hinnom tophet thence and black gehenna called the type of hell next chemos the obscene dread of moab's sons from Eroer to nebo and the wild of southmost abirim in hespan and horanim seon's realm beyond the flowery dale of sibma clad with vines and eluel to the asphaltic pool peor his other name when he enticed israel and satim on their march from nile to do him wanton rites which cost them woe yet thence his lustful orgies he enlarged even to that hill of scandal by the grove of moelech homicide lust hard by hate till good josiah drove them thence to hell with these came they who from the bordering flood of old euphrates to the brook that parts egypt from syrian ground had general names of balim and ashtaroth those male these feminine for spirits when they please can either sex assume or both so soft and uncompounded is their essence pure nor tied or manacled with joint or limb nor founded on the brittle strength of bones like cumbrous flesh but in what shape they choose dilated or condensed bright or obscure can execute their airy purposes and works of love or enmity fulfill for those the race of israel oft forsook their living strength and unfrequented left his righteous altar bowing lowly down to bestial gods for which their heads as low bowed down in battle sunk before the spear of despicable foes with these in troop came ashtoreth whom the phoenicians called astarte queen of heaven with crescent horns to whose bright image nightly by the moon sidonian virgins paid their vows and songs in sion also not unsung where stood her temple on the offensive mountain built by that uxorious king whose heart though large beguiled by fair idolatresses fell to evils foul thamuz came next behind whose annual wound in lebanon allured the syrian damsels to lament his fate in amorous ditties all a summer's day while smooth adonis from his native rock ran purple to the sea supposed with blood of thamuz yearly wounded the love-tale infected sion's daughters with like heat whose wanton passions in the sacred porch ezekiel saw when by the vision led his eyes surveyed the dark idolatries of alienated judah next came one who mourned in earnest when the captive ark maimed his brute image head and hands lopped off in his own temple on the gunsel edge where he fell flat and shamed his worshippers dagon his name sea monster upward man and downward fish yet had his temple high reared in azotus dreaded through the coast of palestine in gath and ascalon and acharon and gaza's frontier bounds him followed Rimon, whose delightful seat was fair damascus on the fertile banks of abana and farfar lucid streams he also against the house of god was bold a leper once he lost 
and gained a king, Ahaz, his sottish conqueror, whom he drew God's altar to disparage and displace for one of Syrian mode, whereon to burn his odious offerings and adore the gods whom he had vanquished. After these appeared a crew who, under names of old renown, Osiris, Isis, Horus, and their train, with monstrous shapes and sorceries abused fanatic Egypt and her priests, to seek their wandering gods disguised in brutish forms rather than human. Nor did Israel escape the infection when they borrowed gold, composed the calf in Oreb, and the rebel king doubled that sin in Bethel and in Dan, likening his maker to the grazed ox, Jehovah, who in one night, when he passed from Egypt marching, equaled with one stroke both her firstborn and all her bleating gods. Belial came last, when whom a spirit more lewd fell not from heaven, or more gross to love vice for itself. To him no temple stood, or altar smoked, yet who more oft than he in temples and at altars, when the priest turns atheist, as did Eli's sons, who filled with lust and violence the house of God. In courts and palaces he also reigns, and in luxurious cities, where the noise of riot ascends above their loftiest towers, and injury and outrage. And when night darkens the streets, then wander forth the sons of Belial, flown with insolence and wine. Witness the streets of Sodom, and that night in Gibeah, when hospitable Dores yielded their matrons to prevent worse rape. These were the prime in order and in might. The rest were long to tell, though far renowned. The Ionian gods of Jevan's issue held gods, yet confessed later than heaven and earth their boasted parents. Titan, heaven's firstborn, with his enormous brood, and birthright seized by younger Saturn, he from mightier Jove, his own and Rhea's son, like measure found. So Jove, usurping, reigned, these first in Crete, and Ida known, thence on the snowy top of cold Olympus ruled the middle air, their highest heaven or on the Delphian cliff, or in Dodona, and through all the bounds of Doric land, or who with Saturn old fled over Adria to the Hesperian fields, and o'er the Celtic roamed the utmost isles. All these and more came flocking, but with looks downcast and damp, yet such wherein appeared obscure some glimpses of joy, to have found their chief not in despair, to have found themselves not lost, in loss itself, which on his countenance cast like doubtful hue. But he, his wanted pride soon recollecting, with high words that bore semblance of worth, not substance, gently raised their fainted courage and dispelled their fears. Then straight commands that at the warlike sound of trumpets loud and clarions be upreared, his mighty standard, that proud honor claimed Azazel as his right, a cherub tall, who forthwith from the glittering staff unfurled the imperial ensign, which full high advanced shone like a meteor streaming to the wind, with gems and golden luster rich emblazed, seraphic arms and trophies, all the while sonorous metal blowing martial sounds, at which the universal host upsent a shout that tore hell's concave, and beyond frightened the reign of chaos and old night, 
All in a moment, through the gloom, were seen ten thousand banners rise into the air with orient colors waving. With them rose a forest huge of spears, and thronging helms appeared, and serried shields in thick array of depth immeasurable. Anon they move in perfect phalanx to the Dorian mood of flutes and soft recorders, such as raised to height of noble temper heroes old, arming to battle, and instead of rage deliberate valor breathed, firm and unmoved with dread of death to flight or foul retreat, nor wanting power to mitigate and swage with solemn touches troubled thoughts, and chase anguish and doubt and fear and sorrow and pain from mortal or immortal minds. Thus they breathing united force with fixed thought moved on in silence to soft pipes that charmed their painful steps o'er the burnt soil. And now advanced in view they stand, a horrid front of dreadful length and dazzling arms, in guise of warriors old with ordered spear and shield, awaiting what command their mighty chief had to impose. He through the armed files darts his experienced eye, and soon traverse the whole battalion views, their order due, their visages and stature as of gods, their number last he sums. And now his heart distends with pride, and hardening in his strength glories. For never since created man met such embodied force, as named with these could merit more than that small infantry warred on by cranes. Though all the giant brood of Phlegra with the heroic race were joined, that fought at Thebes and Ilium, on each side mixed with auxiliar gods. And what resounds in fable or romance of Uther's son, begirt with British and Armoric knights, and all who since, baptized or infidel, jousted in Aspermont or Montalban, Damasco or Morocco or Trebison, or whom Besirta went from Afric shore, when Charlemagne with all his peerage fell by Fontarabia. Thus far these beyond compare of mortal prowess, yet observe their dread commander. He above the rest in shape and gesture proudly eminent stood like a tower. His form had yet not lost all her original brightness, nor appeared less than archangel ruined and the excess of glory obscured. As when the sun, new risen, looks through the horizontal misty air, shorn of his beams, or from behind the moon in dim eclipse disastrous twilight sheds on half the nations, and with fear of change perplexes monarchs. Darkened so, yet shone above them all the archangel, but his face deep scars of thunder had entrenched, and care sat on his faded cheek, but under brows of dauntless courage and considerate pride, waiting revenge. Cruel his eye, but cast signs of remorse and passion to behold the fellows of his crime, the followers, rather, for other once beheld in bliss. Condemned for ever now to have their lot in pain, millions of spirits, for his fault amirked, on heaven and from eternal splendors flung for his revolt, yet faithful how they stood, their glory withered, as when heaven's fire hath scathed the forest oaks or mountain pines, with singed top their stately growth, though bare, stands on the blasted heath. He now prepared to speak, whereat their doubled ranks they bend from wing to wing, 
and half enclose him round with all his peers. Attention held them mute. Thrice he essayed, and thrice, in spite of scorn, tears such as angels weep burst forth. At last words interwove with sighs found out their way. O myriads of immortal spirits, O powers matchless, but with the Almighty, and that strife was not inglorious, though the event was dire, as this place testifies, and this dire change hateful to utter. But what power of mind, foreseeing or presaging, from the depth of knowledge past or present, could have feared how such united force of gods, how such as stood like these, could ever know repulse? For who can yet believe, though after loss, that all these puissant legions, whose exile hath emptied heaven, shall fail to reascend, self-raised, and repossess their native seat? For me be witness all the host of heaven, if counsels different or dangers shunned by me have lost our hopes. But he who reigns monarch in heaven, till then as one secure, sat on his throne, upheld by old repute, consent, or custom, and his regal state put forth at full, but still his strength concealed, which tempted our attempt, and wrought our fall. Henceforth his might we know, and know our own, so as not either to provoke or dread, new war provoked. Our better part remains to work in close design, by fraud or guile, what force effected not, that he no less at length from us may find who overcomes by force, hath overcome but half his foe. Space may produce new worlds, whereof so rife there went a fame in heaven that he ere long intended to create, and therein plant a generation whom his choice regard should favor equal to the sons of heaven. Thither, if but to pry, shall be perhaps our first eruption, thither or elsewhere. For this infernal pit shall never hold celestial spirits in bondage, nor the abyss long under darkness cover. But these thoughts full counsel must mature. Peace is despaired, for who can think submission? War, then, war, open or understood, must be resolved. He spake, and to confirm his words out flew millions of flaming swords, drawn from the thighs of mighty cherubim. The sudden blaze far round illumined hell, Highly they raged against the highest, and fierce with grasped arms clashed on their sounding shields the din of war, hurling defiance toward the vault of heaven. There stood a hill not far, whose grisly top belched fire and rowling smoke. The rest entire shone with glossy scurf, undoubted sign that in his womb was hid metallic ore, the work of sulphur. Thither winged, with speed, a numerous brigade hastened, as when bands of pioneers with spade and pickaxe armed forerun the royal camp to trench a field or cast a rampart. Mammon led them on, Mammon the least erected spirit that fell from heaven, for even in heaven his looks and thoughts were always downward bent, admiring more the riches of heaven's pavement, trodden gold than aught divine or holy else enjoyed in beatific vision. By him first men also, and by his suggestion taught, ransacked the center, and with impious hands rifled the bowels of their mother earth for treasures better hid. Soon had his crew opened into the hill a spacious wound, and digged out ribs of gold. 
let none admire that riches grow in hell that soil may best deserve the prettiest bane and here let those who boast in mortal things and wondering tell of babel and the works of memphian kings learn how their greatest monuments of fame and strength and art are easily outdone by spirits reprobate and in an hour what in an age with their incessant toil and hands innumerable scarce perform nigh on the plain in many cells prepared that underneath had veins of liquid fire sluiced from the lake a second multitude with wondrous art founded the massy ore severed each kind and scummed the bouillon dross a third as soon had formed within the ground a various mould and from the boiling cells by strange conveyance filled each hollow nook as in an organ from one blast of wind to many a row of pipes the sound-board breathes anon out of the earth a fabric huge rose like an exhalation with the sound of dulcet symphonies and voices sweet built like a temple where pilasters round were set and doric pillars overlaid with golden architrave nor did there want cornice or frieze with bossy sculptures graven the roof was fretted gold not babylon nor great al cairo such magnificence equalled in all their glories to enshrine belus or serapis their gods or seat their kings when egypt with assyria strove in wealth and luxury the ascending pile stood fixed her stately height and straight the dores opening their brazen folds discover wide within her ample spaces or the smooth and level pavement from the arched roof pedant by subtle magic many a row of starry lamps and blazing cressets fed with naphtha and asphaltus yielded light as from a sky the hasty multitude admiring entered and the work some praise and some the architect his hand was known in heaven by many a towered structure high where sceptred angels held their residence and sat as princes whom the supreme king exalted to such power and gave to rule each in his hierarchy the orders bright nor was his name unheard or unadored in ancient greece and in ausonian land men called him mulciber and how he fell from heaven they fabled thrown by angry jove sheer o'er the crystal battlements from morn to noon he fell from noon to dewy eve a summer's day and with the setting sun dropped from the zenith like a falling star on limnos the aegean isle thus they relate erring for he with this rebellious rout fell long before nor aught availed him now to have built in heaven high towers nor did he scape by all his engines but was headlong sent with his industrious crew to build in hell meanwhile the winged heralds by command of sovereign power with awful ceremony and trumpets sound throughout the host proclaim a solemn council forthwith to be held at pandemonium the high capital of satan and his peers there summons called from every band and squared regiment by place or choice the worthiest they anon with hundreds and with thousands trooping came attended all access was thronged the gates and porches wide but chief the spacious hall though like a covered field where champions bold won't ride in armed and in the soldan's chair defied the best of panim chivalry to mortal combat or career with lance thick swarmed both on the ground and in the air 
brushed with the hiss of rustling wings. As bees in springtime, when the sun with Taurus rides, pour forth their populous youth about the hive in clusters, they among fresh dews and flowers fly to and fro, or on the smooth plank the suburb of their straw-built citadel, new rubbed with balm, expatiate and confer their state affairs. So thick the airy crowd swarmed and were straightened, till the signal given, behold a wonder. They but now who seemed in bigness to surpass earth's giant sons, now less than smallest dwarves in narrow room throng numberless, like that pygmian race beyond the Indian mount, or fairy elves whose midnight revels by a forest side or fountain some belated peasant sees, or dreams he sees, while overhead the moon sits arbitress, and nearer to the earth wheels her pale course, they on their mirth and dance intent with jocund music charm his ear, at once with joy and fear his heart rebounds. Thus incorporeal spirits to smallest forms reduced their shapes immense, and were at large, though without number, still amidst the hall of that infernal court. But far within, and in their own dimensions like themselves, the great seraphic lords and cherubim, in close recess and secret conclave, sat a thousand demigods on golden seats frequent and full. After short silence then, and summons read, the great consult began. End of Book One Part Two